scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeleton things. So I could talk about with anyone else. We want to socialize because they weren't fucking there. That was timed appropriately. We didn't look up any movie scenes. <laughs> we didn't look up a single movie scene. Alright. So, uh. The first and arguably most important thing that I haven't really talked to anyone about because I haven't recorded in a while is the fact that I have you, Harold Heavy Hands, along with Terry the Tickler. It's almost like he's here. (laughs) (laughs) It's almost like he's right here with us. Fuck you guys. (laughs) It's all funny. He won't listen anyway. It's fine. No, he won't. It's fine. Uh, Along with uh, Franz McBoohoo and myself... Your captain. We have been playing the shit out of Friday the Thirteenth online. Yeah. I've brought <laughs> I've brought it up several other times on the show, but never within the context of playing it with uh, like half a match full of people that I know. It's almost like we have our own little club, and no one else is invited. Unless you're gay. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun little moments, haven't we? Since you've uh, since you've climbed up and pulled the reins of that Jason hut. Yeah, it's been pretty good. <laughs> Why are you talking so fucking quiet? <laughs> you're like a whisper. You could see the part that was you versus the part that's me. Yeah, it's been alright. You know, there's ups, there's downs. <laughs> There's Jason Hutt's. Uh, Jason Hutt is what Frowns likes to refer as uh, a butthole. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know why, but he says uh, he says time to get back to Jason. Uh, time to time to go get some Jason Hutt. And, and in the game, I would like to think he's thinking about running there as Deborah Kim and stealing that sweater. But we really know he's just talking about Jason's <laughs> asshole. <laughs> The entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go get some of that Jason hut. I always thought it was vagina. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I guess Franz should be here. Um, Gotta ask him. <laughs> Gotta eat. <laughs> so, uh, we've, we've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves. We've been playing a lot of Friday the 13th. And we've had a lot of fun little moments. Like, uh... Like when they did the, the Megalodon in, <laughs> in Sea of Thieves. We, we hunted a giant shark together without making a single Jaws pun. Uh, we betrayed 14 people and sunk the ship. <laughs> uh, you and me, single-handedly. <laughs> you and me. <laughs> Then beat them to the island and shot them when they all tried to cash in for treasure. Oh, some good times. Just like the time, uh, it was like the time when you and Terry the Tickler were driving out of Friday the 13th. 
and I ran in front of your guys' car for you guys to come and, you know, let me, let me escape with you. It was and, a two-door. And you ran me over. No. Yeah, it was a two-door. It was a two-door, and could, they were both occupied. You You're could, like, you'll have to kill me if you want to escape, and I... Ran you over without hesitation. Yeah, it was really quick. I was really, I was frankly surprised about it. Because, like, uh, I'm not sure if you were able to tell. Because when you, when you did it, I was kind of like, oh. Because, like, when you get run over by a car, you know, it feels so weird. In Friday the 13th, every kill is like a little cutscene that happens. And, like, everyone has to stand and watch it. It's kind of the way it works. So when you get killed by a car, it just immediately goes, you're dead. (laughs) There's no procession. There's no show. There's nothing. You don't even get to see a ragdoll. It's literally, it goes from you standing in front of a car to it about to hit you. And then it immediately shows the, you died screen. And then by the time you get to spectator mode, you can't even see your own body get hit. It's very unfortunate. Um, but luckily for, for me, I guess, you recorded the entire thing of, right, of running me over. And it's not the first time you've done that. <laughs> I saw another one where I was playing as Tommy, and uh, and I think you were in the four-door above Higgins Haven, and I was standing across the bridge. And no, that was the same match, but you just ran over Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> So on your way out, you didn't just kill me, but you killed... <laughs> he was just standing there. You killed the other hero of of the level. Not that I was the other one, but uh, the main hero of the game is arguably Tommy Jarvis, and you ran him over with your, with your car. I made him bleed. You made him dead. We play Friday the 13th. <sighs> like, we, I think we played it for like every single night for like three weeks straight. Because it was just, it's one of those games, man, where you get a, you get dick punched real hard, but then, you know, you also get hard and you punch back with your dick when you play as Jason. So, you know, you get to see a little bit of both sides, but in your case, you get to see like three or four times more than anyone else because, (laughs) because you're Jason all the fucking time. That's not true. Without even trying to be. At one point. Yeah. You were just Jason all the fucking time, man. It was like three matches in a row at one point. I was, I frankly, I was very surprised. <laughs> I was like, pissed the, off. the first time it happened, I was like, ah, damn, like, none of us are going to survive this one. He's, he's coming for us, boys. And the second one, I was like, this isn't fair. This <laughs> shouldn't be happening. Why does he get to do it again? He just killed us. And now I have to do it again. And by the third time, I don't think I tried anymore. I just, I came and found you and I started slapping you with a stick or something. Yeah. And I was like, just fucking kill me. Because I don't want to spend the entire game trying to get out of here just for you to pop in the quarter of the last minute and fucking murder me. (laughs) Because that's how the game works, folks. If you've never played, check it out. Pop in for two seconds and sidestep one attack. You're fucking dead. (laughs) Jason just fucking shows up, takes one step to the left. You're fucking dead. That's the What's game. What's your favorite Jason kill? 
Roy has really grown on me. Ever since they added Roy, I've been really excited. Roy is the, um, I want to say part four, uh, Jason in the, the blue jumpsuit with the blue lines on the mask because it's not Jason. It's a guy named Roy. And, uh, when you knock his mask off, it's the same as the movie. It's like, he's wearing special effects stuff and his face is just like right there and Roy just looks, he looks like a Jew. So when you <laughs> knock, so when you knock the mask off in the game and you see Roy's face and he's still like running after you trying to kill you, frankly, it's, it's probably more terrifying than the Jason mask. <laughs> have you, have you seen Roy no. without the, yeah, you need to see this. If you haven't seen the picture, then you need to see it. Cause I've, I've knocked his mask off before and I've both laughed and cried. Top shop. <laughs> 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 what is that? <laughs> That's Roy, man. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> it's <Man>, scary. <laughs> yeah, that's scarier. <laughs> oh no! God damn! <laughs> oh fucking Roy, man! But the reason Roy has grown on me is because he's he's like because he's alive. He's actually kind of got a jog. He has a good amount of throwing knives, a good amount of traps. He's light on his feet, uh, slow to respond, like slow to get back up and slow to use powers, because I imagine Roy, fucking Roy, doesn't have any fucking superpowers. (laughs) Um, But his fucking weapon (laughs) is the coolest weapon from the fourth movie, which is the uh, garden clippers, the garden shears. That's so fucking cool. It's um, it's almost uh, like Japanese in horror, you know, they, they, they like to think big scissors are really scary. So, um, when you're playing as Roy, you can just walk up behind people, chop both their arms off, just, and then their head last. (laughs) I gotta feel my, I gotta make better, I gotta make better sound effects. That's good. That's going to come up. My diet Coke addiction. Gotta work on my Coke addiction. <laughs> my diet Coke addiction. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to talk about Friday the 13th for a little bit because it's always fun to see another person who probably loves and hates it the same amount I do. I gotta know what Uncle Nick is real quick. <laughs> I don't wanna know. <laughs> I don't wanna know who Uncle Nick is. Would you say you both love and hate the Friday the 13th game? I enjoy it. More than you dislike it? Yeah. Okay. Um, Played it by myself. I know. Yeah, no, it's almost fun. It's almost more fun to play by yourself. We've been talking. I mean, I I don't... You have. I don't know if you've responded, but Terry the Tickler wants to buy Dead by Daylight. (laughs) Because it's on sale for $15. However, I don't know if you know this, but like every DLC for Dead by Daylight is like $8 a piece. And that's like all the killers. That's Freddy, that's Michael Myers, Leatherface, Jigsaw, the Huntress, the Clown. Well, they're saying they don't need it. You don't need it. It's just more killers. It's They all play differently. Sure. You know? who, who doesn't... Who wants to buy Dead by Daylight and not play as Freddy Krueger? That, that almost seems like the most appealing part of the game is like oh i'm i'm playing this video game and i'm michael myers and whenever you sneak up behind someone in the game it goes you know it's great Mm. and when you're playing freddy you gotta make them fall asleep kill them in the dream world 
Get out of my dream world. Can't catch me, gay thoughts. <laughs> You're still just so fucking <laughs> quiet. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, which I'm sure you've forgotten about by now, mm-hmm. is uh, your reaction to Truth or Dare. It was garbage. <laughs> the more I think about it, the more I'm like, Truth or Dare actually probably could have been a good movie. Could have been. When you think of the broad strokes, it has a lot of similarities with Final Destination. Yeah. And I like the Final Destination movies. I wouldn't say they're cinema glory or anything like that, but like the first and the third and the fifth are all pretty enjoyable films. I could watch them all. A lot of people like the second one. I'm not a huge fan. And the fourth one is... Well known to be the worst of all of them. The second one's the roller coaster one. Third one's the roller coaster. Third one. one's the roller coaster one. Plane. First one's Stifler, right? Plane. Yes, with Stifler. Highway, with the log jamming car. Oh yeah. Roller, the second one. Roller coaster. Uh, Ramona and the main guy come back. That's the third one. That's the third one. Third one is Ramona. What the fuck That's... is the second one then? Second one is just. It's not the guy from the first movie. It's completely new people. And it's like a blonde chick and like a cop with like dirty brown hair. And the I blonde, remember the log scene. The blonde chick. Wasn't there a black guy? Uh, I don't know. There's a black guy in the third one. I think you're thinking of the third one. God damn it. The black guy who lifts weights and the weights crash on his fucking head. I definitely saw the second one in theaters. I own all of them. They're, they're okay to watch movies. I would actually say the fifth one is really fun because you just don't see the ending coming. It's just really fun. Um, and that's what and that's what a horror movie should be. And we had fun watching Truth or Dare, but for the absolutely wrong reasons. <laughs> there, uh, we, were, we were watching it illegally. Were we? Because when you think about it, who really wants to pay... <laughs> to see Bloom Houses, and they, it is in the title, Bloom Houses, Truth or Dare. They almost had to advertise it with the producing company in the title because they're trying to say, like, hey, we made Insidious and Conjuring, so come see this movie because it's garbage. <laughs> so, uh. Look how quiet you were. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Truth or Dare had like its had its moments, you know, like we we laughed at uh, at several things, but the manner of how we were watching it was probably the most funniest fact because we get maybe fifteen minutes into the movie before we are interrupted by a bombastic commercial <laughs> playing on the streaming site, and I've never encountered what was it of ads on what a, was it though it was like an electric company but the commercial was drums it was like doom, 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 i wish you could find doom, it doom, so doom, you doom. put it in <laughs> um i feel like all that i have to do is go back to that site because i'd probably run into it again um <laughs> most of the uh most of the sites i frequent are like out of country like asian streaming sites so it was absolutely like a power company or like a show in in like Japan or China or something, and um, man, that commercial scared the fucking shit out of me the first time. 
but it got me like so pumped at the same time and and we were laughing naturally because it interrupted a shitty movie so like here's this like like this like quiet sad girl talking about her shitty life and then like trying to get her friends to go to mexico and like we're like really paying attention to the dialogue or something and this fucking commercial just comes in like the fucking halo thong it's just like and it just fucked me and i just couldn't stop laughing it was like sports it was you're right gambling it kind of was like that wasn't it yeah i don't know if it was an electric company or if it was like Maybe I'm thinking of the only other commercials I've seen on streaming sites, which is for, like, internet stuff on other sites. This might have been different. This might have been a random site that I don't use very often. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it was for, like, internet gam- like internet betting on things. Mm-hmm. Like a casino site, where you, like, bet on fights, you bet on horse races. I think you're right. It's high octane. I don't know if it screamed. Did it scream or did we just... No, we read that. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's in like a big font. On a drum. That's On a drum beat. that's getting beat. And every time it would come up, I think we would scream it. And it only came up twice, mind you. Like the best part of the story is like it only happened twice. But bet- between the first... And the second moment is like an hour and 15 minutes. So that whole hour and 15, we were kind of kind of sitting there hoping it would happen again. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until the end of the movie, like right before the credits, right before the fucking third act climax, it happens again at the very end. And like it amped me so much <laughs> for like the actual movie, like... My adrenaline was pumping, so I was like, I think I liked the ending of the movie a little bit more because of that I fucking didn't. commercial. Yeah, no, you you <laughs> wouldn't because a normal person wouldn't. <laughs> the movie was very bad. Their Snapchat chil- filter faces of a demon that likes to make his own rules up to games somehow really sucked. It's just really bad. The face is bad, and everything about it is bad. Truth a day. You can't pick truth, though. You can't pick truth, though, because, <laughs> you know, because someone at some point made up a rule. So you can't pick truth anymore. And when you do pick there, I'm going to make you pick the truth. I'm going to make <laughs> you tell the truth. I oh, dare you to tell the truth. My, she doesn't know my terrible... She, You ready? Here, here we're recreating this fucking ending scene. She doesn't, she doesn't know the truth of, of what her dad did to me. She doesn't... So I'm going to pick Dare. And the face smiles at her and he says, I dare you to tell the truth. It's still too close. <laughs> no, I think it worked. And if it didn't, I'll like I'll single it out and I'll bump the fucking audio. <laughs> uh, that probably sounded fine. He really does. He dares her to tell the truth, and it sends the entire third act into a frenzy, man. <laughs> it really does. And then those drums come in, <laughs> and they just fucked with me. So um, <laughs> the ending of the movie is is real fun because it's like fuck everyone. That's essentially the ending. Is uh. They can't beat the demon. The guy who could fucking dies in front of them. So they, they decide to say, well, if we're going to die, let's just spread the game. 
right? It won't get back to us for another fucking 20 years if we just spread the fucking game, right? And, uh, and that's what they do. And, uh, essentially... They YouTube it. Yeah, they stream it. And essentially, uh, it dooms the entire fucking planet for no reason at all whatsoever. It has, um, it has no point. The ending. The ending has no fucking point. And it goes against the morals of the main character that were so very different at the beginning of the movie to the point where Not she says... Not only that, but like forced down your throat. Yeah. On occasion. They're playing Truth or Dare at the beginning and they're like, would you, you know... Or no, they're playing Would You Rather. And it was like, would you, would you save humanity if it meant sacrificing yourself and your best friends? And she's like, yes, I would. No <laughs> one would ever question that, Brad. <laughs> and uh, and at the end of the movie, she literally says, well, if we're going to die, might as well fucking let everyone else die. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It what? Makes, it makes no fucking sense. And it's really fun. And, uh, and stupid. It was really stupid. Above everything, it was really fucking stupid. I can't go to Mexico. I have to go to Guatemala and build houses for all the poor midget people. I guess we can mention that our favorite... Well, my favorite character... I guess I... I should stop saying our because we had completely different movie experiences. <laughs> Did we? I think so. Because you were next to Terry the Tickler who was snoring. <laughs> and you were also on your phone a bunch. And I was I like, was on my phone a bunch? Get the fuck out I of I was watching the movie. I watched every single second. I watched every second. Alright, I'm sorry. So, for me, it was like... The best characters were the assholes. The ones that are... So inhuman in their writing that I don't think anyone would actually say any of this shit in real life. And it's almost always like the jock character and like <laughs> the dickhead character. And this time around, I forget both of their names because who, who fucking cares? Um, Wasn't it like Jared? No, Something absolutely not. Absolutely not. No? Nah, man. The first guy's name was like fucking Aaron or something no. so um the fucking skinny dude who's just trying to get laid for the first like half hour he um he's the one in the trailer who fucking smiles like a dumbass before tripping over a cue ball and smacking his fucking head off of a pool table and um it's really funny he he goes to fall and some dude says yo bro Watch out. It's exactly opposite <laughs> of the trailer. The trailer shows him, like, fall and die immediately, so you expect him to fall and die immediately, and some, like, frat dude bro is just like, hey, watch out, bro. <laughs> You're gonna totally fall, brosif. <laughs> and, and he's like, thank you. And, like, immediately turns around and falls the other way and kills himself. <laughs> it's really great. And, um, and that character says nothing but bullshit whenever he's on screen. So it just makes it really funny that um, he's, like, the first one to die of their friend group, I think. Yes. Yeah, I think the second one to die was my other favorite, which was the asshole uh, doctor who, uh, who constantly you know, sells drugs to, to kids and says the funniest mean shit to everyone in the movie. He's like the me of our friend group. He just says mean shit to everyone. He, he dies irredeemably by, um, I think smacking his head into a, a, a pen that he carries around. He puts the pen up to the wall and just slams his head into it a bunch. 
Yeah. He's always talking about his lucky pen. And he was at an interview. And he was at an interview. And, he's, and the chick was like, what are you doing? Yeah, she was like that. She was like, exactly like and that. And he's like this. <laughs> Did, didn't he say that or something? Uh, yeah, something along those lines. But he uh, he says a bunch of cruel shit to everyone throughout the entire movie. Like, the type of stuff where it's like, yeah, well, if you weren't such a slut, maybe your dad wouldn't be dead. Like, stuff like that. It's really fun. So anyway. um my hand. You have to break my hand. <laughs> we should like dub over that entire movie with like our own sound effects and like voices and shit. Because that would be such a fun time. Um, <laughs> how do you know that noise was? Anyway, man, I'm getting off. <laughs> I'm, I'm zoning. It's been a while since we've recorded, and we, <clears throat> you and I, have done a lot of like watching of things. Like, um, I guess another thing to quick talk about is what did you, what did you think? <coughs> yeah. What did you think of the ritual? Because we haven't talked about it. Uh, Franz McBoohoo, who watched it with with us, had said that he was, um, he was rather, he was given a good fright. I think he's a little pussy then. That's what I said. <laughs> it was good though. You yeah, know, it's a fun it's movie. Good. It wasn't scary though. You know, it wasn't a horror movie. There's no jump scares or anything. It's just a cool little creature like to hang people up. <laughs> yeah, he's an interior decorator. <laughs> just like you go there, <laughs> you you go here, <laughs> and you stay there, and you sit down, and you look pretty, and you sit down. And you go there. <laughs> and then we do this. <laughs> and then we do this. As he raises his hands to the sky. Um, it's a real it's a real fun movie. I had a lot of fun watching it. I think that was my third or fourth time watching it with you guys. And it, it gets better every time I watch it. I tend to pick up on subtle things and like dialogue and shots that come up later. Like, um, like the idea, I, I hadn't thought of this my first time. I, I maybe thought of it my third time watching it by myself. I think, uh, yes. I, I think that entire time when they think they see the lodge out in the woods before they start walking. Sure. That entire time, I think they're just wrong. I think that's like, that's the town down there doing their whole, like, praying to the, to the god thing. I don't know. I feel like they sell a lodge. It was pretty far. Exactly, but it was like, it was just lights and, and smoke. That's it. So it's just, it's weird. Oh, was it? Yeah, the more, the more you watch the movie, the more you pick up on, like, the fact that they might have been fucked from the beginning. Hmm. It's real interesting, and I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it, because it, it was probably, I think I said it before we started watching it, but it was probably my favorite horror film of, um... 2017. I guess I would say it was like a drama fantasy. I disagree. I think a lot of it is. I think a lot of it is horrifying. Yeah. I think. I think. Um. Well, they take from mythology. They take from Norse mythology, and they take from uh, some German legends about monsters that used to. They used to disembowel and hang people up on trees, and that's kind of um. That's kind of where Slenderman comes from. His whole um. His whole mythology of, like, stealing children, it, it's kind of born out of this, like, German myth of, like, this large creature that would um, steal people and, like, disembowel them and, like, put them in trees and shit and, like, just string their organs up like ornaments. 
And um, the movie does that a bunch. It also does the whole um, the whole haunted house thing, the whole we shouldn't have been here. It's, it's a creature feature. At the end of the day, it's a creature feature, and creature features really only qualify as children's movies or horror films. This is like suspense. There's a lot of suspense. But I, th- I also think, like, the cult... For, like, if you're trying... If you're telling somebody to watch it, and they don't necessarily like horror, I guess, it's not really scary. Sure. If you're not, like, a fan of horror, and you don't get scared from movies very often, I'm sure you wouldn't think it's a horror. Because creature features are rather tame. They all kind of operate on the same frequency. It's, it's people are lost, things starts killing people... They find thing, they find way to beat thing, or thing kills them. Like, every movie operates that way, and it's and it's nothing new. It's nothing surprising. I guess I just... I'm more impressed with its subtlety. I, I like the emotional drive. I think it's very... I think it's a very solemn horror film. Yeah. But, um... But I think it plays out almost to the same effect as, like... Like Midnight Meat Train, almost, or like a, a less funny. Well, Midnight Meat Train is like a, a a serious version of Cabin in the Woods. So I think it kind of plays out like that, where it's just like there are a lot of horror elements, but the movie itself isn't horrifying because he kind of like you following the main character throughout the entire movie, and when he kind of beats it, it's kind of it's kind of like, huh? You're you're not so Spoiler. much left like, wow, that was scary. <laughs> This movie came out months ago, man. <laughs> We've talked about this since episode, I think, 85. Mm. So, yeah, I think it it's not like The Descent. Like, every time I go back and I watch The Descent, another creature feature, it always scares me. Because it's always, like, I'm very claustrophobic. The monster design is great. The camera work is great. It's emotionally driven the same way Ritual is. And it's just about the same thing. It's these people that just get lost. And, you know, they just get... They get lost in the wrong place at the wrong time, and then shit just goes wrong. I have them both up around the same level, with which is a lot of respect. Do, do you like The Descent? I don't think I've ever watched it in entirety. The the women spelunking. Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. I would say it's probably one of the more uh, better horror films of the last decade. It, it's probably on everyone's like. Top top 50 or top 20 of the last decade, as far as horror goes. So I really like Ritual. I tell everyone to watch Ritual. I think I just talked about it on episode... Um, it might have even been the last episode with Cannibal Siren. I might have talked about it. It's a fun, it's a fun fucking movie. We're, we're going to get into a story now, because we have to. Because that's what the show is. This is Lots of Pasta. Here with Harold Heavyhands. And uh, we picked a really weird story. I'm hoping it surprises us. There isn't really anything else I can say. What's it called? <laughs> I mean, the title is A Man Bought My Family Kool-Aid and I Think My Wife Killed Our Baby. <laughs> it's from uh, Reddit No Sleep. Um, someone recommended this to me. Someone. I don't remember who, I'm sorry. Someone told me to read this because I I have Disco Dracula. I have his name here. I robbed it from him. For some reason. Um, I, he might have told me that I need to read this. I don't know. Um, and I don't think I ever will. I read a hit, they're talking about steak. D- 
Do you want me to start? Or do you want to start? Or do you want me to read the story and you read the voices? I don't know. That's a lot of pressure. You're good at voices. Um, Sure. Hey, guys. I, um... I made a throwaway for this. I know this subreddit pretty well, and at this point I think you're the only ones that may be able to help me. Or won't call me crazy. I think my wife may have just killed our baby. I'm hoping by the time I share this with you guys, someone may know what I can do to save him. And to save her as well, but I think it may be too late for her. Let me back up. I have a son, Jack, who is six years old. Mm. My wife, Sandra. Mm. And I also have a new baby boy, Mm. Steven. (laughs) You sound delicious. (laughs) Who is my four months old. School was canceled for Jack yesterday due to the cold weather. I live in Minnesota. (laughs) And my wife stayed home with them. When I got home yesterday, I noticed my wife was acting a bit strange. I don't really know how to describe it. She kept talking about this amazing dinner that she cooked, describing the juices and the spices of the steak, all the while licking her lips. I mean, I've seen her hungry before, but she was practically drooling on the floor. I followed her to the kitchen where Jack was sitting at the table. (laughs) Well, that was really good. I'm good at baby noises. (laughs) Playing with his Star Wars Lego set. Oh, no, Jack's the older one. Sorry, that that sounds ridiculous Mm. for a Mm six-year-old. He would be like, ah, shit. (laughs) It sounds like Terry Tickler is a (laughs) six-year-old. Oh, playing with the Star Wars Lego set that I bought him for Christmas. I gave him a big hug and kissed the top of his head. My wife wasn't kidding. The food she was cooking smelled incredible. I opened the refrigerator to grab a beer. But right in the middle of the bottom shelf was this gallon jug of what looked like green Kool-Aid, but really cloudy. What's this, honey? I grabbed the handle and pulled it out of the fridge. Who's reading here? It's the six-year-old. Oh, this is the six-year-old. Sammy gave it to me! Jack jumped up from the table and smiled at me. He said it's happy juice! (coughs) (coughs) I peered over at my wife and mouthed the name. Sammy? She just nodded at me and smiled. Who's Sammy, Jack? He's my new friend. He rang the door and gave me that. Told me it was happy juice. That it makes anyone who drinks it happy. The grin on his face was huge. What in the world? Did this actually happen? (laughs) I asked Sandra. Again, she just nodded at me and smiled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pouring this out. That's not okay. (laughs) That's not okay. (laughs) I unscrewed the top, moved over to the sink, and began pouring it out. 
It actually smelled pretty good as I poured it out. Had my wife not just told me a stranger gave it to my son, I may have taken a sip. Just a little sip sip. What do you think? Just just feel it, man. Just feel it. Whatever <laughs> comes whatever comes first. Yeah, you know. Sandra said to me as I held the jug upside down. She licked her lips <laughs> as she watched the green fluid spill out into the sink. You know what this slap like sounds like? It sounds like we're reading like a Tim and Eric story right now. Don't be ridiculous. I said. I'm getting rid of this. It's just getting more and more of our, like, Winchester moment. <laughs> That's when the doorbell rang. I finished pouring out the juice, screwed the top back onto the jug, then made my way to the door and opened it. A slender man, slender man, in a brown suit and matching fedora stood on my porch. He had a name tag that read, Sam. Sam. You must be Jack's father. He said to me as he reached out his hand. You're the guy that gave my son the Kool-Aid? Why, yes. Well, it's not Kool-Aid, but it's it's similar. And, you know, it tastes much better. Get off my property, I'm calling the police. I began to shut the door, but he placed his shoe right in front of it, preventing it from closing. Sarah, I just want to know how you enjoyed it. We received reports... Somebody in this house drank quite a bit. How did you? I began, but my wife cut me off, running up from behind me. Sammy, that drink, oh my god, the drink was incredible. That's when I slammed the door in his goddamn face. I had no idea what was going on, but the last thing I wanted to do was continue talking to him. Sandra and I argued about what happened last night, but none of that is important right now. All I know is that neither Jack nor Stephen <laughs> had any of that godforsaken drink last night. I told Sandra not to accept any more drinks from that man, and if he came by, I told her to call the cops, or at the very least, call me. Reluctantly, she agreed. For the rest of the night, she licked her lips. At the time, I thought they were just really chapped. So that was all last night. This morning I went to work, but I couldn't get anything done with everything that happened. Later in the afternoon, I eventually gave up, told my boss that I was sick and went home. When I got home, my wife was sitting in the family room by herself, and I could hear Steven upstairs crying. (laughs) (laughs) It fucking blows my mind. She was sitting there crying as well. (laughs) The last thing that really terrified me was the blood coming from her mouth. (laughs) Well, the blood wasn't coming from her mouth, but rather from her lips, like she accidentally bit into them. Jesus, Sandra, you alright? The blood was fresh at this point, so I grabbed a cloth from the kitchen and wiped it from her face. Right after I wiped it off, she proceeded to tuck her lower lip into her mouth and bit down. Hard. I grabbed her jaw and pried it open, but the damage was already done. The more blood began to flow from her lips, holes created from her canines dragging through the tissue. She started to moan as if she was enjoying it. I had no idea what to do at this point. I forced some pain medication down her throat and tied a cloth around her mouth so she wouldn't bite down anymore. Then carried her up to our bed. 
After she passed out from the pain meds or from something else I don't know, I went downstairs and called 911. She needed help that I was not capable of giving her. After a few minutes of pacing the kitchen, the doorbell finally rang. That fucking man was standing at my doorway again. Why did you do my wife, you piece of shit? Me? He smiled. I didn't do anything. Screw you! <laughs> I thought you would be happier by now. He said to me. Excuse me? He looked down at a clipboard that he was holding. We received reports. <laughs> I don't know what he's turning into. Just keep going. <laughs> My accents fucking change all the time in these episodes, man. <laughs> I just listened to Dogscape again recently. My Morgan Freeman Dogscape. goes all over the fucking place, man. Dogscape. Dogscape. <laughs> we received reports that a second individual in this household consumed our beverage. Thought you would at least be smiling. Fuck. <laughs> or as he would say, Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. I slammed the door and practically jumped up the stairs, sprinting towards Steven's room and swung open the door. My wife was standing over my baby's crib, whispering, She turned to look at me, the cloth gone from her face as well as half of her lower lip. In one arm, she held our child. Our boy. Our Steven. In her other arm was his bottle, filled with a murky green drink that Stephen was gulping down. That was all a few hours ago. Wow. Yeah. I managed to talk her into putting him back into his crib, and I stayed with her until the ambulance arrived and took her to the hospital. I'm with Jack and Stephen right now in the waiting room, contemplating if I should have them take a look at my baby or if they'll think I'm crazy. I was hoping one of you guys would know who this Sam is, or what the hell my wife and my child have been fed. Please, please, please help me save my child. Wow. Saturday morning update. Per username Shazam's advice, I told the doctors that Steven may have whatever Sandra has. He barely has any teeth right now, but just in case, in case he tries to bite his lip, I gave him his pacifier. I called my parents to watch Jack for me, so they picked him up from the hospital and took him back. I told them as little as possible, but they know Sandra is sick. I went home to get that juice or whatever it is, and I couldn't find it. It was just gone. Not in Steven's room or Sandra's or even the kitchen. I even double-checked the sink to see if there was any left from where I poured it out. I guess I'm... I'm guessing Sandra drank as much of that as she could, but it's all gone. I don't know what happened to the bottle. I called the police and explained Sam to them. I didn't mention anything about his records or my wife's behavior, but at the very least, this man should not be going around giving that shit to families. The police want me to come in for a statement, so I have to go now. I still haven't slept yet, although I probably couldn't if I tried. Thank you all for the kind words and advice, everyone. I knew the subreddit was the right place to ask. Please keep my family in your thoughts. Part 2 so not much has gotten better. Sandra's vitals were spiking so badly they had to knock her unconscious with some medication. Not to mention that she was screaming and thrashing around. I've never seen her like that before. My child, Stephen, somehow chewed through his pacifier, so they sedated him too. If you've never seen a baby being put to sleep, let alone your baby, I hope you never have to. 
I cried when he stopped screaming. Part of me wanted him to keep screaming so I knew he was still alive. Anyway, that's how they're doing. Jack has been at my parents' house since then. I don't feel comfortable with him at home right now. As I mentioned before, I went to the police station and told them that Sam had given my family that juice. I told them I can't find it anywhere, so I can't bring them a sample. I even hired a plumber to check the pipes, but he couldn't find anything. For their recommendation, I bought a security camera and placed it outside my front door in case Sam came back so I could get him on camera. That was Sunday. Earlier this morning, I went to my neighbor's house to see if they saw Sam at any point, or if, God forbid, he stopped by their house as well. I walked to my neighbor's door and knocked. A few seconds later, Jason opens the door. Hey, what can I do for you, Selron Kool-Aid? Is that his name? Yep. His Reddit name, I guess? I guess. <laughs> oh. This is gonna sound strange, I began. I began. <laughs> I began. <laughs> But did you see a man drop off a gallon of green juice in my house last Thursday? His eyes opened wide and a smile slowly crept onto his face. Sam? Sam gave you some too? Yeah, uh, he did. You didn't drink any of it, did you? Only the whole thing? He yelled. He squinted his eyes and his smile vanished. You don't have any more, do you? <laughs> no, Jason. I poured. He grabbed the front of my jacket with one fist and pulled me in. I could smell something sweet on his breath. You? You did what? <laughs> Jason, let go of me! He squeezed tighter, grabbing my jacket with his other hand. I tried to push him away, but he seemed incredibly strong at that moment. I don't know what came over me then, but I punched him in the face. His eyes rolled up and he let go of my jacket, stumbling backward. I ran back to my house, slammed the door, and locked it shut. Sam had gotten to Jason. I decided to call the ambulance and tell them that Jason drank the same poison that was killing my wife and child. As I grabbed the phone, my doorbell rang. I put the phone back down and my hands began sweating immediately. I walked up to the door, terrified of what was behind it, but hopeful that I could catch Sam on the security camera. I opened the door and Sam greeted me in the same brown suit of his. And that stupid... Stupid fucking fedora. I received reports that you were harassing Jason earlier. Your neighbor. Go to hell! I growled and shut the door. I finally got him. I ran back to the computer, my heart pounding. I opened it up and went to the security camera. I scrolled back a couple of minutes to make sure I got it. What I saw scared me shitless. Nothing. I saw nothing. You can clearly see me opening the door, yelling something, and shutting it again. The camera was facing toward him, and he wasn't on the footage. I couldn't believe it. He had to have some technology that hid him from security cameras. He had to. I scrolled back a little further to see if there was anything else. I could see myself coming back from Jason's house. Right before that was me heading over to his house. I kept scrolling back a few hours, and I found myself walking in the front door holding a gallon of green juice. I jumped back and knocked my chair over. I couldn't breathe. I did not just see that. How could I not remember walking into my house with that? And where was it now? I realized that if I brought it here, chances are it was still here. I closed my eyes and stood for a few moments to catch my breath. After composing myself, I walked down to the kitchen and opened the refrigerator. Right in the middle, on the bottom shelf was a gallon of the juice. 
but half of it was empty. I was definitely, it was definitely not empty on that video camera. There's no way I would drink it, let alone that much. I think I'd remember drinking that much. I also think I'd remember walking through the front door with it. I want to type this up before I went to any hospital to get myself checked for this stuff just in case anything. My parents just called. They just told me that my friend Sam stopped by. I have to go. Please post if you know anything about Sam. What? You did the other one. Part three. <laughs> so I left my last post scared out of my mind because Sam apparently told my parents that he was my friend. This is when Jack was staying with them, so I had to go there as fast as I could. I feared that I already lost one child and I didn't want to lose another. I was also terrified that I drank some of Sam's juice without remembering it, so I was shaking while I was driving to my parents' house, shaking from fear. Absolutely shaking from the juice, I sincerely hoped not. It occurred to me as I was driving that I had some of the juice at my house and the only chance I had to save my family was to get it to the police. I wasn't about to turn around and get it while Jack and my parents were in danger, so I called the police to get it from my house. I also told them that Sam showed up at my parents' house and told them to bring an ambulance. Soon after I got off the phone with the police, I arrived at my parents' house. I nearly barreled through the front door, but it was locked. So I pounded on the door until my mother opened the door. So wrong, Kool-Aid, what's going on? You scheme shared on the phone. <laughs> That's the mother! <laughs> did Sam give you anything? I was having trouble catching my breath. Oh, of course he did. She smiled. I thought you knew. Please tell me you didn't drink any of it. Please tell me you didn't give any to Jack. I won't give what to Jack. He's been sleeping upstairs. I glanced faster, looking for Jack. The juice! The juice Sam gave you! <laughs> juice? He didn't give us any juice! I meant he gave us Sandra! No. No, 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 I thought. Mom, she's in the hospital, she's sick. She seemed fine a few minutes ago, she said. You can go check her on if you like. I instantly <laughs> felt nauseous, picturing my wife strapped to the hospital bed, trashing and scream. I think it's supposed to be thrashing. <laughs> thrashing and screaming as the anesthesiologist pumped propofol into her body. I asked, not entirely wanting to know the answer. He's right over there. It's <laughs> exactly how I imagined it. Oh, she's right over there. She said, pointing to the living room. I walked by my mother and into the house, making my way to the living room. My wife, Sandra, was sitting on the couch facing away from me. She was rocking back and forth, moaning very, very softly, trembling. I walked around the side of the couch. I nearly threw up when I saw my wife sitting there. Her entire bottom row of teeth was visible from what I can only assume was because she chewed through her bottom lip. There was blood coming from her mouth, but it was coming from her top lip where she was grinding her lip between her teeth. Her eyes seemed vacant as she stared forward at absolutely nothing. And lying right in her lap, was Stephen. For the first time, I caught my wife feeding him that damn juice from a bottle. I panicked and tried ripping the bottle from her arms. 
Her grip was incredibly strong, and just after a few seconds of trying to wrestle the bottle away, she bit down on my wrist. I could feel her teeth puncturing my skin. I screamed. I've never felt pain like that. I ripped my arm away and instinctively pulled my arm to my chest. I could feel the blood leaving my veins with every beat of my heart. I ran to the kitchen and grabbed a rag that was decorated with pink flowers, tying it around the bite wound to slow the bleeding. Jesus, what happened? My mother walked into the kitchen and saw my blood spreading across her rag. Sandra, I told you she was sick! I knew the ambulance was coming, so I knew there wasn't anything I could do to help Steven save knocking Sandra out. Even after everything that just happened, I couldn't do that. Stupid, I know, but I wasn't exactly thinking clearly. The only thing I knew is that I left you guys hanging with my last update, and the only thought that was going through my head was that you guys may have posted something to help me out. Mom, where is your computer? My computer? Yeah, it's upstairs, honey. You're bleeding bad. You should, you should probably sit down. Against her wishes, I went upstairs to her computer and got onto Reddit. After scouring through my messages for something that could help me out, I found this message that was sent to me. I censored the user's name so you don't go on a witch hunt against the SCP employee. Here's the link that he sent in this message. After reading it, I immediately told him what my parents' address was. It seemed too real to not ask for help, and right at that point I didn't exactly have a lot of options. The ambulance arrived soon after, and I told them that my wife was still sick and in the living room. They said she escaped earlier that day and tried to get a hold of me at my house. They also said that Stephen passed away earlier that morning. That, that's not possible. My wife was just feeding him. He's here, the paramedic said. I nodded. He's with my wife. I said quietly. I heard the paramedic whisper, Jesus. <laughs> as he moved to the living room, I felt myself get lightheaded. Sir? <laughs> Why does he sound like him now? Sir? <laughs> I turned to see another paramedic that just walked into the front door. I did Ow! <laughs> I didn't answer. Sir, you need to come with me. <laughs> I looked down at my wrist, the rags starting to drip blood. You messaged us about Sam. I'm with the SCP. That right about when I that that right about when I fainted. That SCP employee told me he caught me before I fell. But when I woke up the next day, it felt like I slammed my head onto the way down, repeatedly. Do you know what SCP is? Just a quick question. No. SCP is kind of like a paranormal investigation thing that mm. goes throughout Reddit. Like, you could read files that people made hmm. about, like, um, haunted things or supernatural things. Like, um, my favorite one is, uh, it's like a statue. Someone just, um, someone just said, like, if you don't look at this statue, if you're ever in a room with this statue, it'll fucking kill you if you look away from it. And I... And I think um, it got that from almost Weeping Angels, mm -hmm. or Weeping Angels got it from it, depending on how old SCP is, because it's pretty old. It's like creepypasta shit, but it's like a it's like a Men in Black facility full of it, you know? Yeah. So this guy's with SCP, which means he's kind of like a paranormal researcher. <clears throat> Since then, I've been at what they tell me is an SCP medical facility. They found SCP-447 in my system, so they won't let me leave here until they're sure it's all gone. 
When I asked them to save my wife and child as well, they told me they were beyond helping. They assured me that Jack was safe, but whenever I asked more about him, they refused to answer. I have so many questions, but no one here is willing to answer any of them. They've allowed me to provide just you guys with an update since you already knew about everything. They believe it will help me cope with it all, and also that it will help me in finding Sam if I spread the word. They won't allow any other form of social media since they don't want me asking around about Sandra and Steven. Please let me know if you find Sam so I can tell them and end this. Also, if you've seen him, turn yourself in. Chances are you've had the juice and don't remember it. As many of you inform me, SCP may be a fake website. If that's the case, I don't know where I am or who these people are. This is definitely not a normal hospital. Part 4 Last time I posted, I was in a facility being treated with the possibility of having ingested the Kool-Aid. People say that, like an ingest the Kool-Aid thing, like drink the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. It was actually uh, Flavor-Aid, believe it or not, the whole thing. It's actually based off of Flavor-Aid. Hmm. Kool-Aid's just a more popular mm-hmm. aid. Kool-Aid. Over here. <laughs> I posted a link to SCP. I almost got really racist. Which <laughs> it was no, think. like it really was. <laughs> which many of you informed me was a fake website. I wanted it to be real. God, did I want it to be real? But all facts pointed to its falsity. Even though SCP may be fake, the Kool Aid definitely was not. They treated me for the drink over the next few weeks, and I didn't feel any of the symptoms that Sandra, my wife, went through. Over time, I felt better and better, but my hope for leaving was diminishing every day. My doctor, or rather the physician that was there treating me, came in one day to replace my IV. He wasn't dressed in a white coat like you'd see on television, but rather in a black suit and tie, as if he had a funeral to go to right afterward. He took the bag off the hook, replacing it with a full one. What medicine is there, anyway? Without meeting my eyes, he said flatly, It's an antibiotic of sorts, mixed with a bit of sedative. Sedative? I asked. He laughed at me. Yes, a sedative. You've been deemed a risk to everyone's safety. He finished hanging the bag and began to walk out of the room. Where can I leave? I asked him, knowing the answer before I even asked it. He turned around and frowned. That's why we gave you the sedative. He left the door, locking it behind him. I sat there staring at the door for another minute or two, not knowing what to do with myself. I'd never been so out of loss for words before. I turned on my side and started to cry, thinking of my wife, Sandra, and my son, Stephen. My son. I started to punch the bed underneath me in frustration, screaming and yelling as loud as I could until I felt lightheaded. I don't know if it was the yelling or the sedative that was making my head spin. The sedative. But I punched the bed one last time and let my fist rest on the mattress. The tears soaked my pillow as the inevitability of my freedom sank in. It seemed like ages before the lock on the door slowly flipped and the door swung open. I didn't want to look that damn doctor in the face again, so I squeezed my eyes shut, trying my hardest not to cry. Come on, Chris. But it's not the doctor. Oh, a lighter, more soothing. Come on, Chris! (laughs) It's time to go! (laughs) The voice wasn't the doctor's, it was more lighter, more soothing. Gandalf! Gandalf! Come on, Chris! Oh, Sam's! 
Oh shit. Oh nice. We should probably do that over. What's this again? It's, like, it's kind of like a Tanya. It was a Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to call you out on it, but but I like it too much, so I was only gonna bring it up at the very end. <laughs> You're doing a Tanya for Sam. It's really great. Come on, Chris. come on, Chris. It's time to go. <laughs> I got a little trick up my sleeve. <laughs> The sheer amount of hatred, confusion, and hopefulness of escaping was overwhelming. To have the thing I wanted most in the world be made available by the source of my life's most horrid pain was utterly bittersweet. I wanted to kill Sam just as much as I wanted to hug him. I scowled at him as he removed the IV from my arm. How, how did you... how can I... The sedative kicked in faster than I thought it would have. Sam said, <laughs> helping me out of the bed. I put my feet on the ground, grabbing the side of the bed to keep me stable. Fuck you. <laughs> and you're doing the snicker. You're doing the you do the <laughs> You saw my dick, bitch. <laughs> I showed you my fucking dick. I hope they got sickos. <laughs> Not a fucking Reese's. Which, mind you... How about a kick Mind you, it's a white guy who does all of those voices. So it's already racist. He released an album called Nelly's Band-Aid. It's pretty good. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I want to say it, but I can't. Touch my hair. <laughs> Touch my fucking hair. <laughs> I said to Sam, I'm cutting it. You can bleep it out. I'm cutting Just it. Just put a bleep over it. I said to Sam, keeping my gaze on the ground. I looked to the side and saw nothing. He was gone. I stumbled to the open door and peered out into the hallway, expecting to see people walking down the hallway with clipboards and IV stands. With patients in wheelchairs. <laughs> What I saw were bodies lying in pools of blood. If it weren't for sedative, I guarantee I would have vomited right there and then. That's the next thing I remember before waking up in my bed the next morning. I'm not sure if Sam helped me out or if I managed to stumble out of there on my own. That was about six months ago. I decided not to update you guys because typing it out made it feel too real. I wanted to forget about everything, to move on with my life and with Jack. I wasn't ever planning on updating you guys until last week when I found out where Sandra was buried. I spent the next couple days trying to decide if I should go visit her, not knowing how I would be able to handle it. Yesterday I finally managed enough courage to go see her. I drove to the cemetery after I put Jack in bed. I didn't want him wondering where I was going. The one thing I can't tell you is if I packed the shovel in the trunk before I left home or if it just happened to be in there. I dragged it over to her grave and dropped it, fell to my knees and began to cry. Everything that had happened up until that point was so surreal. I had done a good job of forgetting, of moving on up until the point where I read her name on the gravestone. It was as if it wasn't real until I saw those letters engraved in the slab of stone, her life reduced down to carvings in rock. 
Once I could finally see through my tears, I grabbed a shovel and began to dig. It didn't take very long to get down to her coffin. I brushed the dirt off the lid with my hand once enough of it was out of the grave. I stepped out to the side and grabbed the side of the lid, lifting it with relative ease. Sandra lie in the middle with her hands to her side, her eyes closed and her body stiff. She looked far thinner than when I last saw her alive, although her entire bottom lip was gone. God, I missed her. I stepped into the coffin, scooted her body as far over as I could manage, then laid down and threw my arm across her. I never wanted to leave her. I cried again that night, the closest I would ever be with Sandra again. I don't remember when it happened, but Sandra's arm was around my waist. I don't remember moving it, and part of me doesn't think I did. I plan on seeing her again tonight, and I don't think I plan on coming back. Sam stopped by again and dropped off another gallon of Kool-Aid. I didn't yell at him this time, and I didn't threaten to kill him or call the police. What I did do was say, Thank you. He nodded, tipped his hat, and walked away from the house for the last time. Isn't that the stuff that made Mom weird? Jack said to me before I shut the door. Yeah. I said. It is. I turned and got on one knee, running my hand through his soft brown hair. I miss her, Dad. He said to me, his eyes beginning to water. I do too. I said back. You want to see her again? He sniffled. Yes. Let's fucking do it to it then. (laughs) I unscrewed the gallon of Kool-Aid and helped my son drink from it. He seemed resistant at first, but the more he drank, the more of it he wanted. I smiled at him. Oh man, save some for me, Jack. I took the gallon from his lips and took a large gulp. It didn't taste acidic like I imagined it, but was rather sweet and refreshing. The two of us sat on the ground until we finished the gallon, both of us wishing there was more once we had the last drop. I'm sorry, son, but it's for the best. We'll be with Mama soon. I know, he said, licking his last bits of the green fluid from his lips. I don't doubt that my son and I will die soon. I'm taking him back to the cemetery where Sandra is buried so we can all lie down with her one last time. I can't imagine a life without them, but spending death with them makes me happier than anything else. Thank you for all the help you've given me, No Sleep. If you ever see Sam, do not let your family drink anything from him. If they do, pray that he comes back to give you more. And that was, uh... Whoa! That was the man bought my family Kool-Aid and I think my wife killed our baby. Wowie. That's exactly what the title promised. Fucking wowie zowie. Oh. So we gotta give a we gotta give a shout out to Sick Animation <laughs> for pretty much supplying our our voices tonight because uh. God, trick of my own <laughs> sleeve. Oh, go watch Tanya. <laughs> Go watch. Uh, go watch the ho- like subway. What's it called? Halloween. The Halloween. I, don't know, I think man. it's just called Halloween. Uh, go watch fucking Tommy Gorilla. <laughs> I have to go gorilla knocking. I should. I should have made the doctor Tommy Gorilla. 
You better I'm stuck, I'm stuck for my business card. You better stay here. You better stay here. And that's why the sedative <laughs> slaps him on the head with a fucking skateboard. That's your sedative. Hey, boy. Let me lick your ass out. Oh, no. Oh, shit. How'd you feel about that story, man? I give it like a five out of ten. <laughs> you really didn't enjoy it that much. It just wasn't a great story. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the most compelling thing ever written. You're right, but uh, but as far as no sleeps go, it wasn't bad. No, it wasn't horrible. I guess my expectations have been low because some of these episodes <laughs> have just been really shitty. Yeah. You don't make it to ninety nine episodes without reading some shitty fucking nine nine. Yeah, man. This next one's called the long list. And this is a creepypasta. Uh, the reason I, I wanted this story is because this, uh, this, first, <clears throat> this first sentence is just, it's a real, uh, it just keeps going. When Melissa was 14 years old, her father sold her to a crank cook named Possum for two pounds of crystal meth and a broken down Trans Am. Fair trade. Yeah, it is fair trade. Possum kept her chained to a rusty wood stove during the day with a mason jar of water and a box of Cheerios while he worked in the lab back behind the trailer, breaking Sudafed and ephedrine tablets down into glass-like shards of amphetamine. In the evening, Possum would swing open the door, the cat pissed stench of burning chemicals wafting into the tiny trailer, and enchain her so she could make him meals, wash dishes, and mop. At night, as the bullfrogs began to bark... And the crickets chirped. She would press her fist into her mouth, trying to stifle her cries of pain. As he lay upon her, his rank smell of sweat and chemicals overwhelming her. (laughs) Two months later, a couple of Boy Scouts found her naked corpse in a drainage ditch in a patch of woods outside of Eureka, California. A pale tangle of limbs sticking out of the trash and sewage of the dirty culvert. Though the case officially went to homicide, Detective McClenny, Detective Stanler, had been at the crime scene assisting. Stanler had helped take her by the arms and pull her remains from the rank sewer water and debris. As her body rose up from the muck, her head had lulled to the side and her wide, staring eyes had looked straight at him. For a moment, Stanler thought he saw a flicker of life register in them, though her gray, bloated face clearly revealed she was long, long dead. Stanler settled deeper into the seat of his car and flipped open the battered copy of Hamlet, scrolled down the long list of names he had scrawled on the last page. What a fucking week. Suspended and out on bail looking at manslaughter charges. He was parked in front of the police chief's suburban home, waiting for the fat fuck to arrive home from work. He eyed that long list and sipped from a pint of wild turkey, washed it down with a warm Budweiser, and thought to himself, Someone who could do something like that to a 14-year-old girl? How can you let someone like that live? Who would possibly miss them? Who would possibly care? It's like a Rorschach thing. He's doing like a Rorschach thing right now. And no one had. Nobody missed that piece of shit possum. Two weeks paid administrative leave was all Stan Lurg received after he emptied his service revolver into the sick degenerate's face. 
It had been a big bust, the lab, kilos of meth, and an arsenal of weapons. Everyone in the department was happy, and all he had gotten was two weeks paid leave and a wild party at the alibi thrown by the other detectives and a gaggle of uniformed officers. <laughs> they sound like fucking aliens. <laughs> when the inquest asked him why he had gone out there outside his jurisdiction to the backwoods no-man's land, he had simply replied he was following up on a lead from an informant. What was he going to say, that a ghost had told him where to look? That the little dead girl had come back from the grave and told him? That in the dark pre-dawn hours, that twilight time between sick drunk and excruciatingly hungover, he would awake, lacquered in sweat, his wife snoring loudly beside him, the room spinning, his heart threatening to break free from his chest, and there she would be, a frail little girl at the foot of his bed, her stick-figure limbs draped in a white nightie, its hemline stained in dark, crimson streaks. The first time he had seen her, he had screamed, horrified, the raspy noise of his own startled voice burning his dry mouth and throat. His wife awoke and shot straight up in bed. What is it? What is it? Stanler blinked his alcohol-swollen eyes, only darkness. The girl was gone. There was nothing. Nothing, honey. <laughs> uh, Stick to it if you're gonna fucking do it. I don't know. I feel like he should only have the Clint Eastwood voice when he's like. Then do the. Oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Nothing, honey. <laughs> How about the Kit Kat? Nothing, honey. It was nothing. Just go back to sleep. I just had a nightmare. Okay, honey. His wife had rolled back over and immediately began... <laughs> oh, I gotta find out what that dude's name is so I can call the episode, like, the Tanya and Old Black Man special. <laughs> Uncle Tom. He lay there till the room grew pale in the morning light his flesh tingling, wondering what he had seen, if he was going insane. The next time the little girl had appeared, he was calmer. Now I only imagine the little girl talks like Tanya. <laughs> hey, you wanna know a secret? Ooh, wow. I was promised in the to... night. <laughs> Shit, you're ruining who I was gonna get there! <laughs> I was fucking murdered. <laughs> His name is Possum. <laughs> Shit, Tony, your breath smells like decay. Yeah. Oh, it's too good. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love zombies. The next time the little girl had appeared, he was calmer. He blinked twice quickly, expecting her ghostly form to disappear like last time. But she didn't disappear. She remained there, looking down at him with her cold eyes, sunken deep in their dark sockets. He stared in disbelief. Was it real? Could this pale figure possibly be real? That's when she stepped up to him, quickly, and her blue lips parted and she began to speak, to tell him things in a whisper. 
He thought he could smell the grave on her breath as she murmured in his ear about the night her father had sold her to Possum. It had been a dark night deep in the backwoods of the southern Humble, past the mountains of Alder Point and Bloxburg, in a place that didn't even have a name, near Zinnia. On the Trinity board, where it snowed in the winter and the cold mornings found the hills hardened in ice. The sky was black and it was pouring rain. Her father had been drunk and handled her roughly, pulling her by the arm through the muddy front yard. She was terrified and devastated that her daddy's big Danner logging boots were splashing mud up all over her dress. Her mother had been dead less than three weeks. Her father had shoved her roughly through the front door of Possum's trailer. She's all fucking yours! Her father had spat at the old bearded man in greasy overalls. Possum had shuffled forward and took her cheeks into his grizzled, calloused hands, squeezing her face tightly, moving her head back and forth for inspection. Oh, she's a pretty one. If you say so, her father said. She's got that weird eye and those fucked up teeth. But she can cook real good and clean. She's damn handy with the broom. Oh, yes. The old man chuckled, handling over the sealed bundles of methamphetamine. She'll do. She'll do nicely. And two months later, she was dead. And abandoned. Like so much trash. The sick fucks. How could he have let them live? And no one missed Possum. No one mourned him. They had thrown Stanler a party. He had been a hero. That time. The second time was different. That one had gotten him suspended, most likely fired. No pension, no 401k. He might even see some time for that one. Stanler sipped his whiskey, reached down between his legs and lifted up the Beretta. An old pistol his father had given to him long ago. He cradled the heavy, cold weight of the gun, waiting for his old boss, that fat fuck, to arrive back at his nice suburban home. Maybe his wife would find him dead on their well-manicured front lawn. Maybe one of his teenage kids. Oh well, to have a sick fuck like that for a father just deserts. It was a warm night, and he had the window down, the whine of passing trucks on 101 softly humming in his ears. He thought of Hamlet. He had taken a Shakespeare class back in college when he was studying criminal law, still entertaining the idea of going on to law school and becoming an attorney before Charlotte got pregnant and he quit school and joined the force so that he could start making money for his new family only to have her give birth to a stillborn seven months later, never to conceive again. Hamlet. The tale of the haunted Danish prince had always stuck with him, standing atop the castle parapet, the ghost of his father crying out for him to avenge his savage murder ghost. My hour is almost... <laughs> Fuck, I fucked it up. <laughs> Who'd you want to do? Uh... I thought you were going to do the, the ghost of this house voice. Wait, what? Who is this supposed to be? This is supposed to be the ghost from Hamlet. I thought, Ghost <laughs> of this house! I thought you were gonna do my hour <laughs> is almost come when I to sulfurous and tormenting flames must render up myself. 
Stadler always wondered. Unshackle your chains! <laughs> Stadler always wondered. Was Hamlet insane? But no. That would mean they were all insane. Horatio, Marcellus, Bernardo. They had all seen it. They couldn't all be insane. It had to be true. The ghost had to be real. The second time the little girl told Stanler to kill him, things hadn't worked out like they had with Possum. My father? She had whispered. Kill him. And how couldn't he? Anyone who would do something as sick as sell their own daughter surely deserved to die. She described his car, where he would be, the pound of meth Stanler would find in the trunk, the Glock he always kept under the seat. Stanler had waited at the Red Lion Hotel on Broadway, right where the little girl had told him to, and just like clockwork, the car had rolled right into the parking lot. Stanler had been amused at the look of surprise on the man's face when he strolled up with his .38 leveled right at his eye level, squeezing a round off before the jerk even had a chance to utter a word. But there was no meth in the trunk, no gun under the seat, and it ended up it wasn't even her father at all. At least that's what the investigators said. They claimed it was just some businessman from Santa Rosa. But when Melissa appeared before him the next night, shimmering and ghastly in the moonlight, she told him no. It had been her father. They were lying. All of them. Lying liars. The little girl had whispered to him with her pale blue lips and graveyard breath. They had tried to hide it. It was a conspiracy, and they had fired him because the police chief was in on it. That's why the police chief was next. He had to go. He's gots to go. Gets to get. That's why Stanler sat in his car outside his house, a pistol cradled in his hands. He had to kill his old boss. Gonna get off that meth-dealing, slave-keeping, degenerate son of a bitch. And there were more. There are many of them. The frail ghost had murmured. There are many of them! <laughs> Not that ghost. <laughs> this is the little girl. There are many of them. The frail ghost had murmured. <laughs> murmured. His wife was one of them. She had made the list. She was a cheating meth whore, fucking the whole department for crank. The little girl had told him all about it late at night, moments before the morning, when the earth swelled silent and cold, and his heart beat so it threatened to leave his chest. Yes, there were many of them. A whole list. And it was a long list. Well, that story was about a psychopath. I liked how it was written. It's like circular narrative. But, um... Yeah. It was almost like a noir. Or was the ghost real? No, dude's, dude's fucking psycho. But the ghost could have been real. No, it's his, uh, it's his trauma of seeing that dead girl. And then he, he like, freaked himself Maybe out. Maybe it was a good ghost gone bad kind of thing. <sighs> good ghost gone bad? <laughs> Just a regular old case of good ghost gone bad? Good ghost, bad ghost, you know. But I, f I feel like acting out a supernatural scene would be pretty good. <laughs> I don't know, he does a pretty good Dean. He does do a good Dean. Yeah. You're right. And I don't even know who I would do, Cat Cass. Cass. <laughs> Hello, Dean. 
that your, is that your Sam? No, that was my cast. Oh, that was your cast. Oh, okay. It sounded like more Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dean. I mean, I've got, for- I've got a trick up my sleeve. <laughs> he like pulls out his angel dagger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got. <laughs> Hi, Lucifer. <laughs> Damn, Cassio, your breath smells like Subway. I know, I ate Subway earlier today. <laughs> it's such a good impersonation of Cassio. Oh, man. I don't know, Sam Sam Dean. has like a deep Dean. voice, but it's softer. Dean. 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 It's like, Dean. 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 Sam! <laughs> That's good. That was good. Don't die on me, Sammy! <laughs> that was a little off. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. Terry the Tickler's good at it. And, um... We got Bobby. Hey, how you boys doing? <laughs> <laughs> now I know you boys. <laughs> them, all them Winchester oh, you know, you For know. some reason, we make Bobby... <laughs> we make Bobby, like, 80 years old. <laughs> When we do an impersonation of him, and he's not actually that old, so I don't know why we, it just it sounds appropriate. Well, no, we were doing like an old guy that um, Sam and Dean like come to his house, and he's like, "Are oh, you interested, boys?" But we decided that it kind of sounded like Bobby. Somewhere yes. Down the road. <laughs> so that's just the Bobby voice now. How are you interested, boys? I used to have a black partner. That sounded like Bobby. <laughs> was that pretty my good? Part, my partner. Now, my partner was black. <laughs> now, I know you boys don't believe me when I say that, but he was black. Did I tell you about, um... Oh. Did I tell you about this thing Frowns and I have been doing lately? No. Oh. Frowns and I have been doing whenever he stayed over... He's done this thing where... Um, I gotta get off this camel skin couch. Starting to sweat. Where he and I, uh... He and I try to one-up each other's Jack Nicholson impersonations. Okay. So, uh... The only way we, like, naturally bring it up is by, is by like... Kind of, like, do... <laughs> we kind of go like this, and we're like... Hey! Hey! I'm Jack Nicholson. But then we just keep saying it back and forth to each other until we get to, like, a better one or a worse one. Sometimes we get to worse ones. Mm. Hey. Hey. I'm Jack Nicholson. I don't know. I feel like the face is kind of there, but the voice isn't. I'm Jack Nicholson. Marty. <laughs> Marty. We have to go back to the future. Marty. <laughs> we have to go back to the future. Marty. Oh. That's pretty good. My butt! <laughs> my, my asshole! It's almost like a Gandalf, but with a twist. It is Gandalf with a twist. <laughs> it is absolutely Gandalf with a twist. Man, I wish there was a fucking movie we could do right now. We already did several impressions. There's just like nothing coming to my mind. We should we should end the episode. If we're not if we're not gonna do a movie scene. I can't think of a movie. <sighs> it's just like we've done Lord of the Rings. We did Sherlock. Sherlock. Which is just great. It's just, I don't think we can force it or else it's going to feel unnatural. Yeah.
So that was the episode. There's lots of pasta. Episode 99. We, we did it. We made it to 99. <laughs> Me and Harold Heavy Hands. You haven't been on a fucking episode since 45. <laughs> you gotta make that closer. Yeah. <laughs> are these are these license free sounds or am I gonna get sued for ham? <laughs> Gotta bring the ham back. Am I gonna get sued for ham? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so uh it's good to have you back as a fun fun little Kool-Aid episode. <laughs> oh god, Uncle Nick. <laughs> And, uh... I think that's all I got. We read, uh, we read the long list. We read the Kool-Aid Kill Baby. <laughs> what else do we read? You like... That's it. We read long list. <laughs> and the Kool-Aid man wife killed my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everyone liked those stories because they were random and we haven't done a stupid fucking random episode in a long time. Uh, cue, cue sound effect. Alright, we'll just slam shit into my table. It's okay that there's not as much budget there. <laughs> Yeah.